0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent, closed-cell, PE, EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadek.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K kcom Your boat deserves SeaDeck. Hey, everybody, and thank you for tuning into episode 140 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording from my boathouse studio in Windermere, Florida, overlooking a beautiful Lake Sawyer. I sure am hoping weather is trending warmer and warmer by you, my friends, but if not, hopefully I can brighten things up with your bi monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you by Deck Marine Products. If you're part of any ski team or club, I'm sure you know how useful Deck Marine flooring can be the applications are endless. And off the top of my head, here's just a few ideas. How about custom C Deck on your tow boats or pickup boats in those normally slippery spots? You know what I'm talking about. Custom C Deck on your start docks. Custom C Deck in your storage sheds or trailers. Custom C Deck on your pyramid skis. Mind blown. Seriously, people. If you can think of it, once you think of it, the fabrication possibilities are endless. CDEC is creating American made products while supporting local mompon installers all around the US, all around the world. And these installers are ready to come to your house, your clubhouse, your boat storage unit. Wherever you could possibly need CDEC, they will digitally measure, design, and install it at your convenience. It's just a click away, www.cdeck.com. Check them out. You may be surprised just how quick and reasonable they really are and how quick your project is going to come to life, folks. Your boat, your team, you, everyone, we all deserve CDEC. All right, we've got a different kind of episode in store for you guys today. This episode was recorded at the 2020 Think Tank Water Ski Convention and Expo. It was at the very end of February out there in the Wisconsin Dells in Wisconsin. My guests were all part of the 2020 USA Water Ski Show team and include women's skier Bria Imsey. The official announcer, Michael M.T. Thornton, and co-show director, and an actual past podcast guest here, Dave Raisin. Now, I can hear some of you right now, and you're saying, but Dano, I only like wakeboarding. I want you to make more wakeboarding content. Guys, I'm a big fan of pepperoni pizza, but I can't eat pepperoni pizza every day. Variety is the spice of life. Sometimes, you just gotta try mushrooms, right? The toad water sports industry is full of amazing athletes and stories, and I think if you start to expand your horizons, you'll be a whole lot happier. Speaking of, I got a brand new podcast recommendation I wanted to send your way. It's called The Ski Show, the ultimate show ski podcast hosted by, well, past Golden Mike podcast guest Matt Heilman and Adam Schaller. Both of these guys are longtime members of the show ski community out in Madison, Wisconsin, the Mad City Water Ski Show Team. Uh, They're Wisconsin State, National, and World Champions in their own right. Uh, They have a two-part interview with Matt the Cat May that's out right now. You can check that out on BuzzSport and iTunes and Apple Podcasts. That's where I listen to it. It's awesome content, especially if you know anything about the show ski community. And that's where I came from. That's where I grew up and spent many, many, many years of my life out on the water performing and and hanging out and making some great relationships. And, you know, even if you're not into show skiing, you might just like it. Give it a chance. You see, my fellow Mano Fanos, my purpose in life is to promote all toad water sports. It is my dream that one day this sport will be bigger than soccer, and I'm here to do my part. It starts with checking out all the other podcasts in our community. I've been talking about them week in and week out right here on this podcast, but only After you check out every episode of this podcast first. That's right. I'm asking for you guys to go out and listen to each and every episode. All 140 episodes going all the way back to episode number one with Dirty Mike Dowdy. Did you guys know you can find the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud? Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to all the episodes on my personal website, noiseofthenorth.com, and be like the thousands and thousands and thousands of others who download it each and every month. And hey, why not take the time to write a nice five-star review? I'm not going to lie. During this whole pandemic, I've been down a little bit, and sometimes all I need is a really nice five-star review to make it all better. And if we're talking about five stars, and I got to give a quick shout out to my friends over there at Active Water Sports up in the great Pacific Northwest. They recently uploaded the video of my interview with Randall the Vandal Harris. On their official Active Water Sports YouTube channel, as well as on their blog at www.activewake.com. I encourage all of you to head over there and see mine and Randall's bright and shining faces. While you're there, take a look at their entire catalog from the comfort of your own home. Uh, With everything going on in the world right now, the guys at Active Water Sports want to make your buying experience as safe as possible. If you live near Portland, Canby, or Oregon City, Oregon, you can call ahead and set up a private showing for a boat or just visit their pro shop. They have over 35 years of water sports industry experience, and they understand how important customer service is, especially in times like these. Big props. Activewake.com, which brings me to today's episode. So, at the time of this recording, Bria Imsey, Michael Thornton, and Dave Raisin were all gearing up to participate in the fifth IWWF. Show Ski World Championships, which were supposed to be held on March 21st and 22nd in Mulwala, New South Wales, Australia. I actually had uh, Dave Raisin on this podcast about a year ago to talk all about this. He was co-show directors with Matt Heilman. Uh, Well, if you guys don't like spoilers, I'd turn this podcast off right now, but please don't. The Shoski World Championships were unfortunately canceled due to the worldwide pandemic. And, you know, listening back in the audio, it feels like it's an artifact from a different world. Corona was still just a brand of beer back then, and none of us could have even imagined what was going to happen. You can hear the excitement and the hope in their voices, not knowing the heartbreak that awaits them I still wanted to share the conversation I had with them because I think you guys might still really enjoy it. Plus, uh, getting new face-to-face interviews hasn't really been the easiest thing in the world right now. I want you guys to keep in mind that these skiers flew all the way over to Australia. Uh, They went there. they, They maybe got one or two practice days in, if any. Maybe a little sightseeing, but it was just a couple of days or a few days into their trip when they found out that um, Show Ski Worlds was canceled. Of course, they knew none of this as we recorded this episode. We're going to kick things off with Bria Imze, who's an amazing water skier. Uh, just an amazing athlete in general. She didn't just win the first ever Twin Lakes Cornfest Swivel Ski Showcase in 2018. She also had a podium appearance, the top three in the Swivel Ski Showcase in 2019. She also took home the most impressive female performance uh, at Twin Lakes Cornfest as well, and along with her partner on the water, Grace Petzold, uh, they kicked butt in the Conley Freestyle Jump Royale, so right there, you can count it. Uh, this girl was absolutely crushing it in the past at Twin Lakes Cornfest. Anyway, she was doing the whole entire thing on a pair of Conley Freestyle Jumpers, and want to send a big shout out to our friends at Conley. Conley is hands down the number one jump ski brand in the world of show skiing. They're custom built, reliable, durable, and proven decade after decade. Go to any show ski event and I will give you the Dano, the Mano guarantee that you will see Conley in the water and in the air. But hey, if show skiing isn't really your thing, guess what? Conley has everything else you need to make sure that you're having fun on the water whether it's recreationally all the way through professionally i'm talking about wakeboards wake surfers tubes floats sups you pick your poison as they say to see a full product catalog check out www.connellyskis.com and make your summer more fun all right guys here we go back to the wisconsin dells think tank and this is is Bria M.C. sitting here with uh, a member of Team USA. She also happened to compete at the Twin Lakes Corn Fest, one of the most athletic female um, skiers I think I've ever seen. Bria M.C., what's up, girl?
1: Hey, how's it going? Yeah,
0: stoked to have you here on the show. And um, we're it, we'll let, I'm going to have you tell everybody, where are we at? What are we up to? What are we doing?
1: So we are at the Think Tank convention in Wisconsin Dells. I am instructing all of the swivel clinics this year. We've got beginner swivel, intermediate swivel, advanced, and then show ski tournament judging swivel. So a day packed of swivel skiing.
0: Nice, nice. Well, so this episode we're kind of talking with Um, some of the folks from here at Think Tank and members of Team USA so I want to touch a little bit on both of those Um, so you talked you just mentioned some of the stuff that you're teaching here at the Wisconsin Think Tank but overall what what is this event and what's it all about
1: uh, this is a great event for younger skiers or even veteran skiers to come learn about other ski disciplines that they're interested in the off season to hopefully implement that onto their teams, their shows on the water. There's tanks ranging from show directing 101 to jumping uh, to comedy and just behind the scenes like fundraising. So the teams that have a little bit more knowledge on it can share those younger teams or generations kind of pass that knowledge down um, as a good way to help others in the skiing community.
0: Okay, so we're talking about the show ski community here. That's pretty predominant here at this event. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what show skiing is?
1: Sure, well, so ski- show skiing is actually pretty big in the Wisconsin area. I believe there's 36 teams um, all the way in Wisconsin, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Uh, you know. Uh, a state that has four seasons versus Florida or California that's warm all year round so um, Wisconsin is big in show skiing Um, really how I look at show skiing it's a family sport you got anyone from your mom dad driver rider um, to the kids are usually skiing on the water Um, and it's a great way to perform water ski shows for the community and show our skills on the water.
0: How long have you personally been involved in the show ski community?
1: Oh man, Um, about 26 years. Okay,
0: so where are you from and how did you get involved in it?
1: Sure, so I started on the Mad City Ski Team in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I started in the early 90s. Uh, My dad was actually on the ski team and I begged him to come down to ski practice like every day. Um, And then once I got older, kind of four or five that range when I could swim, he let me come down to practice and I was really kind of hooked ever since then.
0: Have you gotten any like major opportunities through show skiing throughout your life?
1: Well, I think one, some of the biggest opportunities is we get to travel overseas to ski. I've been to China probably about five times. I've skied in Lebanon. Um, Team USA, or the World Water Ski Championships, is relatively newer starting in 2012. Um, and we've had the opportunity to go to Canada in, Canada in 2018. And then in 11 days, we leave for Australia for Worlds 2020.
0: You grew up skiing on the Madison water ski team. I was at a boat show recently and I talked to somebody from another ski club in Wisconsin, Badgerland. Then also I have a lot of good friends in the Illinois area on the Wonder Lake water ski show team. And I know you have some affiliation there as well. So talk about um, your relationship with multiple different ski clubs.
1: So I have many relationships with other teams. Um, my dad skis for the Badgerland Ski Team out of the Waukesha area. Like I mentioned, I grew up on Mad City. Uh, we have a summer home just north of Eagle River. So I often skied with the chain skimmers when I was in college and still do kind of on the weekends. Uh, most recently, I ski with the Wonder Lake Water Ski Show team right on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois. Um, super fun crowd to hang out with. We love just ripping it up on the water, trying new stuff, and kind of uh, braving those new skills with a little encouragement, to say the least.
0: Have you ever been drawn to any other aspects of the toad water sports industry, like three-eventing or wakeboarding?
1: Sure. I I skied three-event when I was in college. So was I a great three-event skier? Probably not at that time. But um, I really like to do the solemn course, barefoot, trick, jump. I mean, that's becoming more popular with the water sports arena these days, too.
0: Okay, so what is it about like show skiing that really holds your attention and your heart?
1: I just think the multiple acts you can do. Most people know that uh, water skiing, a tournament base, you get typically 60 minutes to do that show. You've got 13 acts. There's tons of different stuff you can throw on the water. There's the pyramids that um, require strength, balance, and multiple members. You have individual talents such as jumping, uh, swivel skiing, strap doubles, conventionals, and just kind of maybe creating some of those acts together. So it's always new and exciting for the different stuff we're throwing out on the water um, for us skiers, but also for the audience
0: so your specialty happens to be swivel skiing tell us a little bit about what a swivel ski is and how it works
1: Sure. So actually, my first swivel ski, my dad literally pretty much cut down a tree in our backyard and made a showboard out of my swivel ski and put a binding on it. So since then, it's really developed over the the years. They have lighter boards or heavier boards now. Um, Basically, it's a wider ski, about maybe 10, 12 inches, and the binding will rotate 360 degrees, allowing you to freely pull the rope above your head, place it in between your legs, or do multiple maneuvers with that rope. Um, Really kind of resemble it to gymnastics, ballet, that dance aspect. Of water skiing, it's typically known as grace and beauty on the water, um, but also adding those higher difficulty moves, but still doing them very pretty and elegant.
0: How technical or difficult is swivel skiing because you know you, you look at it and maybe I feel like I feel bad sometimes because it, it is a little bit slower. You guys are going at what speeds or like what what speed?
1: Typically it ranges anywhere from like, 12 to like 15, what I would say is the average speed. So a little
0: slower. I mean, are there any gnarly aspects to swivel skiing?
1: Uh, Well, I think so because, you know, as the girls have really kind of pushed the sport over these past couple of years, we're creating new moves, we're creating harder tricks, we're creating ones that you have to hold the rope in different or odd places. Um, So it really develops that kind of core strength, um, but also the uniqueness of it um, versus kind of your hands, flip turns, and overheads. You see girls that are throwing pretzels, 540 in, 540 out, um, multiple rotations. I mean, some girls are spinning 10 times around in their swivel ski, uh, which is pretty amazing to watch. WATCH.
0: So USA Water Ski, Naughty Girl, our event in Wisconsin Twin Lakes Cornfest. We, we we're all like putting on like individual um like tournaments for swivel skiing within them. Can you talk a little bit about the individual scene of swivel skiing? Because I feel like in the last four years it's really grown.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, especially when you have the opportunity to ski at like Cornfest, which by the way is an awesome event. Check it out, Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Thank you. Um <laughs> so swivel skiing really your typical tournament setting is you have five minutes to compete. Um, um, and you're judged on technical merit and artistic oppression, impression, so you're really judged on A, can you do that skill, and B, how well or gracefully can you do that skill. Um, so kind of having the combination of the two really puts it into perspective on what's the level you can compete at and, um, you know, how are you performing it on the water.
0: What is the level of swivel skiing today?
1: Ooh, I think the bar has been raised over the last couple of years. So at Cornfest, especially, it's a great opportunity for skiers to kind of just throw their harder tricks without that quote-unquote theme basis to just kind of get out there and show us all you got. Um, That's personally my style of swivel skiing. I love that just kind of to do that quote-unquote trick pass, but also make it kind of appealing to the audience and stuff that maybe they've never seen before.
0: Very cool. All right, let's talk a little bit about Team USA. How long has Showskiing's Team USA been in business?
1: Well, I think they started the tournament back in 2012 in Janesville, Wisconsin. The tournament is typically held every other year. Uh, Majority, it's been in the United States in Janesville, um, or I think they had it at Rapids a couple years ago. Most recently, 2018 was in Canada, and for the first time, we're having it in Australia uh, March 20th of 2020, so coming up real soon.
0: And how many times have you been a member of, of the USA ski team?
1: This is my second time on Team USA. I was a member of 2018 and now 2020.
0: Talk about the process with what you went through to get onto the team and then what it was like when you actually found out you were on the team.
1: So the process itself is pretty simple you're going to fill out just a paper application you're free to submit videos um, of kind of what you do on the water most of the skiing community is pretty well aware of those kind of quote-unquote standout skiers I would say or have a relationship uh, with those show directors for that coming year Um, so really they're just looking for those skiers that are consistent on the water that have unique talents um, that can be team members and kind of represent our country overseas um, and just love the sport and are able to just tear it up on the water.
0: What was that feeling like in 2018? That was your first year getting um, picked for the team. What was that feeling like?
1: Well, it was a, it was a pretty unique experience cuz my boyfriend Eric Lubda, uh, they actually skipped his name and then they called they called Aragorn Lighting's name. They both have the same initials. So they skipped his and then my name was called. So I was kind of like celebrating for me as a personal victory, but then I was like, oh man, Eric didn't make it. And then they ended up call- calling him over after and we're like, we totally skipped your name because you have the same initials as Aragorn Lighting. So once we found out that we both made the team, it was pretty exciting and it's a unique experience to share uh, with them.
0: We're about three weeks out from uh, team USA uh, actually competing in Australia have you guys been practicing how do you practice when um, looking outside here in Wisconsin and it's snowing
1: um, so for this year, you- Tournament's it's a little unique because it's um, the Australia's end of summer season and this is our off season obviously being February so the tables are a little bit turned this year where typically USA is coming in off of our skiing season um, so I think a lot of our skiers have made individual trips down to Florida do a little bit of land practice here maybe with their own team or if you're crazy like Wonder Lake we go ski in December on the water just to throw a curveball in there um, but just kind of getting a lot of land stuff and if you can sneak in get to Florida um, we'll have a good t- almost two weeks to practice um, when we get to Australia to kind of get our skiing muscles back underneath us.
0: Very good. Have you uh, traveled to that far away from home ever before?
1: No, I have not, and the plane ride from Texas is 17 hours and 20 minutes, so a little nervous about that.
0: What's the What's going to be the plan up in the air to kind of keep yourself chilled out?
1: Um, well, they told us not to sleep for the first half of the plane ride, so... Maybe enjoy a couple cocktails and just kind of meditate on the plane.
0: (laughs) Maybe watch a couple of movies.
1: Yeah, they released our movie list too, so at least we'll be hooked up with some good movies for 17 hours.
0: Usually uh, when I have an athlete on, I'll let them give a shout-out to their friends, their family, their sponsors, social media. you have any of that stuff you want to do?
1: Sure, well, definitely a shout-out to the Wonder Lake Water Ski Show team um, located in Wonder Lake. Check it out. Of course, uh, Twin Lakes Corn Fest, they do an awesome event um, in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin this year, August 17th. 14th, 15th. 14th, 15th, sorry, a little earlier this year. Um, and just my family, friends, my, my parents, my dad, they're big, huge supporters of a, On The Water. And if you've ever skied with me, you know that I can ski for probably about a good 45 minutes or an hour per set. So putting up with all that and just growing the sport and Team USA, Go Team USA, we're On The Water in less than three weeks. So hope to bring home another title.
0: All right, good luck. Uh, social media, I know I, I know I follow you, so tell everybody where they can watch your cool videos and see you and all that
1: sure so my instagram handle is at bria mz b-r-e-a-i-m-s-e and facebook is brianna b-r-e-a-n-n-a uh lee l-e-i-g-h follow me
0: (laughs) all right bria thanks so much girl and uh good luck to you and the entire team usa
1: perfect thanks so much
0: all right all right well thank you thank you once again bria and next up is my interview with michael thornton Now, I've known Michael for well over 25 years, and in that time, he's been a close personal friend and a true mentor to me. In addition to being the guy that I learned a lot of my craft of gab on the mic from, MT, as I know him, has housed me during my days struggling up the ladder of professional announcing. Uh, The lessons I've learned from Michael, along with our past experience, make this guy basically family. It sure means a lot to me having the chance to feature him on this episode and, of course, for him to have the opportunity to be a part of Team USA, I'm so happy he took the time to speak with us at the Wisconsin Think Tank. Can't wait for you all to hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, MT, Michael Thornton on the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey, well, guys, I'm really excited about this next one. dude who's been a, a mentor to me for a long time. He was a former Well, I was a former roommate of of his, actually, at one point in my life, but if maybe once you hear this guy's voice, you guys will put it all together, but uh, Michael Thornton, welcome to the podcast, brother. Hey, thanks, Dano. It's great being here with you. You were the announcer for the Aquanaut Water Ski Show growing up, and you are now going to be the announcer for Team USA. Now, this is your first year um, announcing for Team USA? Yep, first time announcing for Team USA, super excited on it, you know, like you said, I
2: kind of... Joined Aquanuts, thinking I was going to be a skier, and uh, you know that didn't work out. But uh, found my niche um, as an announcer, and yeah, now now after all these years announcing for Wonder Lake, and finally getting a chance here with Team USA, pretty exciting.
0: It's so funny, I find myself, you know, I know you kind of um, stopped announcing for a bunch of years, and last year I brought a crew, um, or maybe it was a year before I brought a crew out, and we watched a ski show out in Wonder Lake that you were announcing. It was a bunch of the the wakeboard guys, and they were like, man, Dano, this guy is literally announcing just like you, you know. So what I want to say to you, I don't know if I ever said it, but uh, thank you for, for inspiring me, and, and you probably don't know it, but you definitely taught me a whole lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that,
2: you know, it's just... You start listening to someone, right, and you just start learning what they say and kind of repeat it, you know, and, you know, I did the same as well, you know, when I, when I first started announcing, I watched other old shows and watched other announcers and just kind of took what they were saying and ran with it, right?
0: I want to talk a little bit about your story. So obviously, you and I have known each other for maybe 25, maybe almost uh, yeah, about 25 years. And you'd mentioned that you got you joined the Aquanut, that's a water ski club in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I grew up. Eric Ruck grew up, and, and you were planning to be a, a skier. Talk a little bit to me about what that experience was like, because you came in at a, a pretty heavy time with a lot of a, a lot of amazing skiers. So t- talk to me a little bit about because you didn't really come from a major water ski background, right?
2: No, I wasn't. You know, I in college I played baseball a little bit and I played soccer a little bit and then college kind of ended for me um, my brother was on this on the ski team David Thornton a really good skier and you know I was like well you know I can barefoot and I enjoyed watching the Aquanuts and I kind of looked at that jump thinking you know maybe that's something I want to do but you know as a 22 year old it's not the best time to be learning these new skills um, but yeah I mean you know you had Kevin Michaels and you had you know all you guys you know still young kids at that time but but growing up and doing great skiing, and it was just a fun time to be with everyone, you know. And you know, show skiing, you know, it becomes a real family sport, and you, you know, find some of your best friends to hang out with, like you, for the you know, uh, life experiences, and you know, things things just happen, and it's it's a fantastic sport, you know.
0: I want to find out about some of like the struggles over the years because there was a time you you had a really long run, and then you you decided to step away. From, from show skiing, but now you're back. But I want to talk. I want you to talk a, a little bit about some of the struggles because people come to these ski shows and they see us smiling, they see us waving, they see us having a great time, which for the most part, that's the idea, right? Right, right. I mean, you're
2: exactly right. I mean, the, the great thing about ski shows and especially amateur s- ski shows such as, you know, the Twin Lakes Aquanuts, it, it's a volunteer organization, right? So it's it's not a pro show. So every show, when I tell people when they come, every show is different, right? You could come to forty shows throughout the summer every show is going to be different because sometimes people just aren't there you know they have obligations and and different things it could be work it could be a, a summer camp for baseball you know and so people are in different spots people that know different skills are there but the show must go on and so there's from an announcing span standpoint right it's just it's a a challenge to know who is in what acts you know because it could be different every show you know, what are their specialties, you know, you know, what acts are they going to actually perform in? And, and yeah, and it just becomes, you know, almost like a fun second job that you're not getting paid for. Maybe it's okay. Sometimes maybe a little less than fun. Yeah, yeah, no, but it, it it does, it does, it wears on you over time, just like anything. Um, But, you know, for me, I, I stepped away when my kids, When I started having kids and got married, you know, wanted to take some some time and spend more time with them. But now, you know, we're back. My kids are going to be 10 and 8 years old. They're enjoying water skiing and enjoying the junior team on the Wonder Lake Water Ski Show team. And, again, it's that family sport, that family atmosphere. You know, my wife, she still skis. So it's fun. It's fun to stay active and participating.
0: How difficult was it to, like, switch teams because you and I grew up, we, we water skied in, in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. I can't ever, like, I could see myself going and, like, hanging out and maybe skiing a show here and there. But, I mean, you guys moved completely to a different city and you went from being the voice and, you know, arguably the face of, of you know, one of the most major ski clubs in the industry to it would almost be like if scotty pippen during the michael jordan era was traded to say the the pistons or something like that i was just going to say the same thing like
2: detroit yeah i mean wonder lake and twin lakes are you know probably about 25 minutes away from each other um, my wife had grown up kind of skiing with the wonder lake team we were fortunate enough to move to wonder lake and the first couple of years i lived there I didn't participate on either team. I didn't participate on Twin Lakes. I didn't participate on Wonder Lake. And, you know, we would go to both shows, and everyone would be like, hey, can you come and announce? You know, can you help us out? Can you can you announce for Wonder Lake? And I was like, no, I'm taking a break, you know, this and that. But definitely was odd to finally announce. Uh, really, this will only be my fourth year with Wonder Lake. I came back, um, you know, three years ago in that year. Was a good year for Wonder Lake. They won the national championship that year, um, you know, which made it fun. And again, I know all of the people on the, that team, and still know, all, you know, all of the people on Aquanuts as well. So it, it's become, uh, you know, an extended family.
0: Well, let's talk about Team USA. You are about to head on a journey around the world to represent your country for show skiing. Did you ever think? that you would be involved in anything like that? Never, never. This
2: is such a such a great privilege and an opportunity for us. And and for me, it really is almost coming full circle, right? So when I started show skiing, I was fortunate enough 20 years ago now in, in the year 2000 to go to China and water ski for a couple of weeks. And now 20 years later, to be one of the voices um, announcing for Team USA in Australia, like you said, we leave here in a week and a half. Mowela, and then I'm going to take a little bit of time and do some travel around Australia because I've never been there. It's just fantastic, and shows you what the you know toad water sports you know community can can do for you and your families, and you know give just gives you tremendous opportunities.
0: So normally here in the U.S., when you guys are getting ready for tournaments or just in general, you are announcing for the same athletes week in and week out all throughout the summer. When it comes to tournaments, you have an idea of what some of these other clubs are doing because they're in the realm, Um, and, and it's the same people on each team. Now, as you go to Australia, you are going to be announcing for a group of people who maybe you have relationships with. Maybe you don't have relationships and you're going to be announcing against teams that you have no idea what they're going to be throwing out at you. How do you prepare for that, I guess?
2: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, for me as an announcer, just even knowing and making sure everyone's names are said correctly is critical and key. And like you said, I probably know on our team of, you know, 35 athletes, probably half of them pretty well. But the other half, you know, I want to make sure that I represent them appropriately, know what tricks they're going to do. So we had the opportunity to spend two days together last summer, um, and we worked really hard there to, you know, get our ski show down. And then now we're going to uh, spend a week together practicing before the World's Tournament. Um, But, yeah, we'll just dial it in. As an announcer, I'll concentrate on what they're doing, sit individually with people. If I'm announcing their acts, sit individually with them so I know what their pass is going to be. Because, again, from, from my perspective, all I want to do is help to elevate what they're doing on the water. I, I don't want the audience to necessarily be looking at the announcer. They should be watching the tremendous show skiing that's going on on the water.
0: Okay, so do you ever get any kind of nerves before competitions or even shows in general? And if so, like how, how do you deal with it or, or when did those go away, anything like that?
2: No, I mean I think we all get nervous still no matter what on the on the big shows or even at a big home crowd, right? So, you know, you always want to do well for for them and you just shake out the nerves, I just walk around, you know, try to get my listen to a little bit of music maybe, get my thoughts straight in my head and just kind of dial in the show, you know, and take out that nervous energy, but really it's as soon as it as soon as that horn sounds and the show
0: starts, it kind of all just goes away. All right, um, and real fast here, behind the scenes, I know it took a lot um, for you guys. I mean, well, how many guys and girls together are there on Team USA? Uh, I think there's 35 of us that will be performing, but then there was a
2: management team as well, so probably, probably a good, you know, 40, 50 people to help put this together, and then countless others that have supported us financially or through raffles or just even, you know, parents of of team members, grandparents, and just the entire show ski community to put this together. You know, I, I'm hearing that I'm hearing that maybe even upwards of 100 people are traveling from the United States to come and support us in Australia, so it's just going to be fantastic.
0: Are you just announced, or do you have any other jobs within Team USA?
2: No, just just co-announcing with Mr. Adam Schaller, so it should be a, a fun time. We've put together a, a great theme, a great script, so we, we hope it's going to be one of the most entertaining show skis that's uh, ever been put on the water.
0: All right, my friend, we'll all be uh, looking forward to that. Are you guys still taking donations for the club or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I think there's still time. There was a
2: match going on, so I think if you go on to usawaterskishowteam.org, I think it is, it could be .com, so I apologize for that. Or on the Instagram, of course, you can follow us, and, yep, yeah, they're still, still looking for donations.
0: And heck, if, if you guys are listening to this and it's a little bit too late to donate for uh, Team USA 2020, I'm guessing 2022, you guys are gonna be back at it. You hoping to get on that team as well? Or
2: yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. 2022, it's already been announced. It's gonna be in Winter Haven, Florida. I'm not sure if they've locked down the exact dates yet, but looking excited um, excited and forward to that. It'll be the first time that the World Tournament will be held in Florida. So, yeah, 2022, we're just going to keep it going, and, and we'll see who gets selected. I'm sure it'll be another fantastic opportunity for everyone
0: it all right, M.T. Do uh, you have any sponsors? Any shout-outs, Any social media you want to throw out real quick? <laughs> no, no, I'm an old man, Dano. I just uh, kind of stay off that stuff. I leave it to you for that. I think you're on that Instagram. You're just not, fo- you're not taking followers, are you? Yeah, I'm on the Instagram.
2: You can always, you can always find me, and I'll just uh, confirm you. What is it? M.P.T.
0: Thornton, T.H.O.R.N.T.O.N.
2: That's, that's my Instagram.
0: That's it. Check this dude out, Michael Thornton, guys. Uh, one of my longest friends, a dude who's helped me out so much in, in, in everything throughout the industry and for so long. Thanks for uh, doing the show, buddy. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you, Dano. You're doing a great job. All right, guys, we'll be right back a little bit more right here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh yeah. Thanks again, MT. Hey, guys. I want to interject with a quick message from our friends over at Wake Responsibly. When we're riding out on the lake, we all know the deal, right? And if you don't, here it is. Let's minimize repetitive passes on any one portion of shoreline. Utilize the entire lake. Keep your music at reasonable levels and reasonable times. And stay at least 200 feet away from the shoreline and docks. It's just etiquette, common etiquette. Well, in light of the recent events, Wake Responsibly has added some rules for social distancing. During the pandemic, in addition to following the local laws of the lake, make sure to limit your boat crew to just you and members of your immediate household and stay six feet away from everyone, especially in normally crowded areas like sandbars and at the boat launch. We can only have good times if we stay healthy, so please do your part. If you guys want to learn more, please head on over to wakeresponsibly.com. Our next guest has actually been here before. I've said it a couple of times already today. Last year, we had Dave Raisin on for the 2019 Think Tank episode. Please go back to the archives and give it a listen. I think it's only right we brought him back onto the show once again. Dave is the co-show director of Team USA 2020, and a legend in the sport of show skiing. The guy has been doing it for decades. His passion for water skiing and for his show ski team and for Team USA really come through in this. And if you know Dave, you know it's genuine, especially when you consider all the hard work and preparation he and his teammates went through. Guys, you really got a feel for these guys. Here he is back on the Golden Mike podcast. Give it up, Dave Raisin yeah back at it guys he is making his second audio appearance here on the golden mike podcast pretty much uh what a year out dave raisin welcome back brother i think it was a year ago man i had to come back this is an incredible
3: experience I had such a good time with you last time
0: how many of these uh think tanks have you been to in your entire life
3: dude i remember <laughs> i remember in either 87 or 88 showing up at think tank mike seiple had his boot jack-o-lantern barefoot international wetsuit and getting my Mike Seiple poster autographed. What well, you want to be like Mike, or or keep on foot and be like Mike. Man, that was back in 87, 88, and I think I've made just about everyone since. So it's a good time to network, good time to get to know everybody,
0: and uh, yeah, just great catching up with you. Talk a little bit about uh, how much it's all changed over the past. Man, I I don't mean to date you here, but we're talking three decades now. Yeah, almost the better part of four. No, you know what? I I think what still is there is the
3: passion. People show up because, uh, you know, what else is there to do in Wisconsin in the middle of winter other than to show up and and hang out with some show skiing friends and and learn and understand the different uh, new uh, techniques that are out there in terms of whether it be wakeboarding or or show skiing or barefooting, whatever. So it's just a great opportunity for everybody to come together. but no, I think that you know the industry's changed a little bit in terms of the, the resources that are out there. The boats are bigger, the boats are better, uh, the, the, the gear is, is incredible and, and, and all the research and development that has gone into some of the slalom skis nowadays. I mean it's just it's it's a it's exciting time
0: for the sport. How is the sport as as far as numbers doing? Like how are how are the teams? Are you guys still seeing new faces? yeah you know I think
3: that that's one area that we can improve upon um right now i'm I'm actually on the uh NSA National Ski Association Board and right now we've seen a little bit of a plateau in membership We were seeing a growth and for the last few years We've seen a a plateau and I think that you know We had just had a quick discussion before the podcast started. We have to look outside the boxes as teams uh, as clubs and look at different ways to to garner additional interest within our communities be a part of um, Be a part of the club and team atmosphere whether that be you know offering free memberships Whether that be working with USA water ski in terms of getting people on the water and becoming more engaged with get on the water or learn to skis we need to do more to promote the sport as opposed to waiting for people to become part of a team
0: or an amateur we've got to start looking for people to be part of the team what are you guys doing Because I know you're a part of the Janesville um, water ski show team uh, the Rock Aqua Jays and you guys have an incredible program you guys your numbers, it's funny because I don't know how how much my listeners know about the dramas behind the scenes of of show skiing, but people are always saying stuff like, well, how are we supposed to compete with Janesville? They have the numbers. Talk about those numbers and how you guys have been able to sustain those numbers, and and are you guys still growing?
3: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, if you take a look at the Rock Aqua Jays, um, Half the half the skiers that are currently participating, and I I might be a little bit liberal by saying half, but we we do a show of hands each year. Fifty percent of them come from other teams. Fifty percent of our skiers are transplants from other teams, and I think that um, what makes people come to Janesville, including myself, I didn't start on Janesville; I came to Janesville. Is again just kind of the structure and the organization. It's ran a little bit, a uh, um, little bit with with a little bit more infrastructure, I guess you could say. Um, we, make, we try to make the most of your nights. When you come down to ski, you get a lot of reps on the water. Um, we try to make our acts larger, so we try to get more people in it. Uh, we have a few more resources in terms of boats, so that means more people on the water. So we try to collectively take a look at a hole to give the best
0: experience to
3: our members, and I think that that's sometimes why people gravitate to the team every once in a while.
0: It's no secret, though, if you look through the history books, you guys have a pretty solid record so how often do you see people coming over just because they want to be on the winning team and and if that's the case how easy is it for somebody to transition from like another club just to pop in and and get right there on the a team
3: yeah it's uh (laughs) that's a great question daniel because we do we have people that join the team and they want to you know be a part of that culture and winning is part of that culture but the given the take of that is that you know, where you may have been a big fish in a small pond, now you're a, a big fish in a big pond. And so, you know, there's a reason that we've been successful over the course of time, and uh, that we remain successful, luckily, year in and year out. And that's, you know, the the people that come aboard, they kind of conform to what it is that we do, and that's made us successful. With that said, we are always looking at learning from new members that come aboard, and we do. You know, every year someone joins, and they say, "Why are you doing something this way? Why don't you try it this way?" and that's where we see our growth as an organization so we learn from
0: others obviously show skiing is just one part of the toad water sports industry I want to know if, if there's anything right now within the industry inside show skiing outside show skiing that's really grabbing your attention lately I would say the the, the thing that's most eye-opening over the course of the last couple
3: years is actually some of the efforts that you know not to uh, not to put too much not to put you too much on the spot, but some of the um, efforts at yourself, uh, Twin Lakes Cornfest, uh, the, the individual tournaments that are being offered, swivel, freestyle jump, trick ski, barefoot, just getting more engagement from people who are looking to come together, have a good time, compete, Compete for fun, win some crazy cool prizes, and support the industry. You see that. You see, um, you know, you've seen send it uh, jump competitions uh, down in Florida. You've seen the Rock River Night Jump. Um, you've seen the Naughty Girl uh, Swivel Tour. I mean, it's, it's, it's. There's been an explosion over the last three years of going outside the realm of the traditional show ski tournament and offering a lot more opportunity for skiers to get on the water and to compete
0: and to just collaborate with, with peers. Absolutely, maybe gain a little more exposure for the sport as well. Well, I definitely appreciate the, the compliment and it, it means a whole lot coming from, from you, Dave. And I gotta ask you, cause at the beginning here, you, you mentioned how many years, you said close to 40 years, you know, a, a part of this stuff. How are you? How's the body? Are you still, because Dave, you were, at one time, especially when I when I was still a, p- a part of show skiing, uh, you know, as an, as an athlete, as a competitor, you were one of the most recognized skiers, and you have actually won what multiple uh, most valuable male skier awards. Yeah, I've been lucky. That was a while ago, but yeah, I've
3: won a couple Skip Gilkerson awards and I've won uh most valuable skier for uh, the Wisconsin State tournament a couple times as well and and and, that, and that's been awesome. But, you know, I'll be honest with you and you know, it's it's just evolution, right? You you see young guys like Ethan Shoulder and Caleb Ross and and uh, the and that kind of stuff and it, and Tristan Woods and Aragorn Light, all these guys, and that's what fuels me to either maintain or even try to elevate myself, because I I enjoy skiing along these guys by the alongside these guys so much, and so I've always told myself that as soon as I see myself drop in terms of execution or I just don't have the the skill set any longer that it's time for me to hang up knock on wood I haven't uh, seen that as of yet but I know my time's coming at some point and uh, these young guys they're what drives me to continue to do it. How is the body feeling when you're out there skiing? I've been really lucky. No knee injuries ever. Uh, I've had uh, knock on wood shoulder. I've uh, had a reconstructive injury due to a, a fall that he took at the first world tournament and such. But um, other than that, I do, I'm do. i good. Uh, with that being said, i got to work really hard. I work out seven days a week. I spin. I run. I lift. Uh, you do all those different things, but you have to do that because, man, the body just does not react the same way as it did when it was 20, 22 years old.
0: So. In all of your years here in the sport, who are some of the uh, the the guys that really inspired you to you know ski at the level that you that you have? God, I'm gonna pay it. I'm gonna pay it to to the guys that I watched when
3: I was younger. It was uh, and, and they were only a little bit older than me, but man, they were forces. It was the Zane Schwenks, It was the Matt Mays. Um, uh, I remember watching Scotty Clack, of course. Um, there was there was Kevin Michael. I mean. All the Skip Gilchriston Award winners. Kevin Michael is my man, and I've told him as much. Uh, He was the third Skip Gilchriston Award winner behind Jerry Lighting, John DeBellick, but he was truly the most all-around best skier out of the first 10 Skip Gilkerson Award winners uh, that uh, that was was given the award. Kevin could do everything. He could trick ski, he could kneeboard, he could barefoot, he could. He was a pyramid guy, he did doubles. I mean, he was fantastic. And I look to him as being kind of like the guy that I wanted to be like
0: when I grew up. And uh, I think many of us have a, a very similar story right there uh, uh, with Kevin Michael. And So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. Last time I had you on the show, we were talking all about... Team USA. Now you are the show director or the co-show director along with Matt Heilman for Team USA show ski. You've been a part of this team for how long now? So I've been lucky enough and I mean lucky
3: enough to be uh, named to the team all five uh, teams. So there was 2012, 14, 16, 18 and now 20 and uh, there's been there's three members that are currently on Team USA that have been on all five teams, uh, Joe Swaska, Angela Yockler, and myself. And so, uh, yeah, this will be my fifth time, and uh, my second time show directing, and um, it's in Australia, in Moela, and brings a whole host of challenges and obstacles that we're up for, but um, we're gonna be coming off of winter legs and not being uh, exactly in skiing shape, whereas the Aussies will have their summer legs and, and be ready to roll. Um, but we're up for the challenge, and shoot, 10 days, we're going to be in Australia. We're going to be skiing and, and uh,
0: taking that week of preparation and then uh, heading into the World Tournament. We're looking forward to it. So this this is very different, though, than what you're used to. Being a skier is a part of the Janesville program in Wisconsin, show skiing. Yes, it's amateur, but you guys are run like a very well-oiled machine. You guys are so prof- basically professionally run. But you guys are practicing together throughout the summer, multiple days a week, one or what? One show a week, right? Uh, we've got two, two shows a week, Sunday night and Wednesday night, but yeah, I mean it is a
3: big difference because, let's call a spade a spade, um, this group of unbelievable skiers, some of the best skiers in the nation, we've come together, but uh, we had a, a day and a half of practice in Warsaw, Indiana, the uh, weekend, or the, uh, immediately after the national tournament, and that was in August, and then we'll have a week of practice to develop chemistry, I mean, We've got crazy amount of individual talent, but we need to see how that all that individual talent comes together and uh, see what we can put on the water and get comfortable with one another. It all boils down to chemistry at this point.
0: When you're dealing with that many skiers and skiers representing from different clubs and different aspects of Toad Water Sports, because Team USA, it doesn't. you don't just have to be a show skier to get on Team USA. You, you just have to apply and get chosen but i'm guessing you're dealing with lots of different characters lots of different attitudes possibly different egos at time but how does this 2020 team compare to maybe some of the earlier teams
3: you know every team is special in its own way you know um and i I have great memories of every team the here and now of 2020 is that we there are many skiers that could actually be on this team dano uh that they have the talent they've got the skill to be on this team no question we actually looked at this knowing that we were gonna go across seas, uh, knowing that we were gonna to be together for a prolonged period of time and, and, and staying with one another. We wanted, again, chemistry to really be held just as high as skill and talent. So we handpicked these individuals because they've got the right personalities. Um, they've got the right work ethic. They're, they've got the first one there, last one to leave mentality. And above all, you mentioned egos. What we've seen from these skiers both in the past as well as what we've uh, seen thus far in this process with 2020 is that they're willing to check their egos at the door to do what's in the best interest for the team. So, you know, big fish uh, in in, in a big pond, essentially, these guys are understanding that, hey, they might not be in, out of 13 acts, four, or uh, excuse me, six, eight acts, they might only be in two, three, four acts, but that's what's in the best
0: interest of the team. In 2008, Eighteen, the World Championships was taken for the first time from America after being run three consecutive times in the States, all three times in Wisconsin. Yep. I can only imagine that added an extra level of comfort. Then you guys had to go to Canada and you got uh, thrown some pretty um, gnarly conditions. Yep. And now you're going to Australia and the conditions there, uh, from what I understand, should be perfect, but the site is going to be a little bit tighter yep. that because it, it was really originally built as I believe a three event yep. site so to so talk about how you guys are planning to kind of work through all those struggles
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, we've done a lot of, um, study and work on on the site in itself. And, you know, to be honest with you, it looks like water ski Nirvana. I mean, you've got two twin lakes, uh, man-made lakes that are separated by a channel. Uh, one's a practice lake, one's a tournament lake. You're absolutely correct. It, you know, they've got uh, boundaries in terms of, uh, each, each of the ends and, and, uh, you know, We'll have to go ahead and, and draft our act order a little bit around what some of the obstacles of that uh, actual site is. But for the most part, calm water site, it shouldn't matter if you're skiing at 7 in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, everybody should get an equal playing field. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, really looking forward to it. I hear the Australians have done a fantastic job with the site in
0: itself. How did the World Championships come about and why did it take until 2012 when show skiing arguably makes up some of the biggest numbers within uh, the USA water ski.
3: Yeah, from my understanding, there there was that concept uh, for quite a long time. I think Jerry Lighting, Sherm Schraff, a handful of others shared that concept. And essentially, they, um, in, in, the, in the late 2000s, they pitched that concept to the IWWF and talked to the right people. The right people got on board and decided, yeah, this is something that... Would be good for the sport of water skiing in general, given the demographic, given the the, the, the population that, um, and the volume of skiers that are currently involved in in show skiing. So that was kind of the genesis of it. It was in the late 2000s, and then uh, like we like we mentioned, 2012 was the first tournament. Scotty, I mean, that that was such an amazing tournament. Uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to repl- replicate that feeling of patriotism and the enthusiasm around that first inaugural, t- you know, world tournament. Scott was so uh, nervous going into that, and I-, I remember looking at him as, you know, again, guy I looked up to for so long, his mom as well, um, and saying, you know, Scott, you've been in, you've won multiple world championships, three event championships, freestyle championships. You know, how can you be so nervous? The most today? consecutive pro tour wins in a row of I mean, all time. And he's like, I've never been more nervous that I, than I am today, Dave. I've, I've, I never have because I'm representing the United States. And it kind of put things into perspective a little bit. You know, we've got a small sport, um, both nationally and internationally,
0: but that really put it into perspective how, how he viewed it. It was pretty cool. What does it mean to you to to be a part of, of Team USA? Well, I mean
3: the, the the patriotic side I you know I I think that's always symbolic and that always is is number 1 on the on the priority list. I am extremely blessed and I feel fortunate to be chosen along with Matt and to work with Matt in the capacity of, of directing these individuals. I mean, you have to be chosen to become the show director of Team USA. Uh, the NSA went ahead and selected us. And so again, just really blessed, really fortunate. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's a privilege and it's an honor. It, it truly is. You know, you've been, you've been a part of multiple uh, state championships in Wisconsin, which, which is huge, knowing the number of teams and talent out here, national championship teams. You've had individual titles. You've had team titles within your team as well, been a part of Team USA. You've been the guy that so many have looked up to on multiple different teams. Out of all of it, I mean, is there anything that you feel is, like, most rewarding over the years? The uh, The relationships. I mean, it,
3: it almost chokes me up just talking about the relationships that you form. I mean, I met my wife, uh, I have such a strong relationship with my sister and my family. Um, I see how some of the, the young kids on their on the team, whether it be the Rock Aqua Jays or, or other teams, they, they, look, they look up to me and uh, they reach out to me both in regards to ski stuff as well as just life stuff because they need guidance or they need direction if it wasn't for the relationships I wouldn't be doing it Um, and it's not the titles it's not the all that comes to travel all that
0: kind of stuff it's the relationships that you make with people very very good before I let you go here first time I really met your family was um, on a boat I was on Lake Roy and we were in some channel and your dad pulls up and he goes hey I'm Raisin. my kids Dave whatever and we thought it was so funny. He's like, he's Skip Gilchriston Award winner. I mean, this is 25 years ago, right? Your dad's proud, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He tends to do that every once in a while. Still does, probably. But yeah, yeah. It was. It was amazing. We loved it. But what I what I come to realize later is that the boat your dad was in happened to belong to Zane Schwenk. It was like one of the first X stars. And I want to find out if you can maybe drop an old school uh, story on Zane and your relationship with him, especially because you guys have been skiing together for a long time. We,
3: Zane and I just actually hooked up uh, with Steve Bates, myself, Zane. Uh, Zane had never been part of a Packer game and we all met one another up at Lambeau Field just a few weeks back, a couple months back. And that was a blast because Zane had never been a part of that experience. But no, Zane is great. And uh, some of the stories that uh, back in the day, when I would go down to Lake Roy with uh, Dan Hansen, Jared Graff, myself, Matt Heilman, and there's kids from Wonder Lake there, from Mad City, from... from uh, I was on the Aqua Skiers at that time. It was just... It was this crazy group of people that all came to Lake Roy. and. We would go ahead and we would go down for lessons, and the lessons were offered by Dave Briscoe. Everybody kind of knows who Dave Briscoe is within the community. But guys that were working for Dave Briscoe at that time were Zane Schwank, Hank Amos, Dean Lavelle. <laughs> I mean, the stories go on and on. And we'd play volleyball between sets uh, in, in when we skied at night. We go out uh, shining alligators and Zane, crazy Zane, jumping off the boat and grabbing alligators. I mean, the stories go on and on. It just those are memories that I'll never, I'll never forget, and uh, always stuff that we, when we get together, we look back on. Lots, lots of fun times.
0: Really cool, man. All right, so I know by the time this episode comes out, you guys are either in Australia or possibly competing. I'm, I'm gonna try to get this thing out soon hereafter. But, um, you know, I'm guessing you're planning to be a part of this for a whole lot longer. So, um, if anybody wants to support Team USA, what's the best way?
3: Yeah, the best way is. Um, Contact us through our members page. Uh, we also have our um, PayPal account set up on uh, USAWaterSkiShowTeam.com. Uh, we've got a donations page, uh, page on that. Uh, we're 501c3, tax deductible. You can go ahead and you can donate that way. Um, and, again, 100% of donations go towards funding team-related events, resources. Nothing goes, Not a dollar goes into anybody's pocket. Um, and, yeah, we'd, we'd appreciate any and all, uh, any and all support.
0: It's uh, not cheap to get over to Australia. Can you give me an idea of, of what kind of budget you guys are working with and, and how much you guys raised or wh- what more? Because uh, do the, does the money come out of the skiers' pockets to get over there too? Like, do they have to buy their own plane tickets? Yeah, so that's a fair,
3: fair question. So
0: uh, it's a little bit of everything. So... Um just to
3: give you an idea, uh, we have a $200,000 budget, and it wasn't—it was one year ago today that we named the team. So we had a year to come up with $200,000, um, and you know the NSSA—they uh, offer their support certainly. Um, there's a certain uh, per skier financial contribution that they have to meet, and all the skiers have met that. Um, But those things um, are certainly in the minority as as in comparison to what we have to actually raise. So um, the NSA understood that they wanted myself and Matt as show directors to focus on the show, to be there as an ancillary to support fundraising and sponsorship, but they put together what's called an advancement committee that is actually um, chaired by Andrew Petzold and andrew uh... is a fantastic businessman uh... he understands grant programs he understands uh, dollar for dollar matches uh... he has um, good contacts within both the water skiing community and elsewhere and through his efforts and his leadership working alongside us we were able to go ahead and hit that uh... hit that budget uh, mark and um... You know, we can certainly use any additional assistance and support, but, but uh, we're, in, we're in a good place right now, which we're proud of because again, one year ago today, we had a $200,000 budget and we're gonna, we're gonna hit that.
0: What's the feeling right now, knowing that you've got the accolades of your past kind of riding on your shoulders?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that the pressure would be there if we weren't so organized and planned. Um, at this point in time, every member on the team understands what acts they're in, who they're skiing behind, what direction they're coming from, what uh, what components or what maneuvers they're performing, who they're skiing alongside, it's to the T. And, and certainly there can be injury, there can be performance-related issues, different things like that, but there's kind of a quiet confidence or a quiet calm because everybody is kind of locked in already before even hitting the water because they know what it is that we need to do. Really awesome. Okay, so can people watch the Showski Worlds this year? Yeah, you know, um, the uh, tournament committee, which is uh, Team Australia, part of the bidding process and to get awarded it is they have to offer a live webcast. And so the um, the tournament w- will be webcasted. I think the links are still uh, going to be coming out within the next couple weeks, so be on the lookout of that. We'll certainly go ahead and post them on our USA Water Ski Show team page, the NSSA page, the USA Water Ski team, or USA Water Ski page, so on and so forth. So be on the lookout for those.
0: All right, very good. All right, this is the time in my show when I give uh, my guests the opportunity for, I call it the uh, three S's, shout-outs, sponsors, and social media. Do you have any of those? Uh, shout-out, sponsors, and social media. So uh,
3: shout-out just goes to uh, my, my teammates on Team USA. We are going to have a blast. Matt and I have said it from the get-go This is not about a tournament. We want to make this an an experience of a lifetime for you. This is about an experience, not necessarily an event or a tournament. Uh, Sponsors, all those who have uh, helped sponsor Team USA, the list is long, um, but you guys all know who you are. Thank you so much. And, again, social media-wise, check us out on Insta. Please like us, uh, share us, as well as our USA Water Ski Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, go Team USA.
0: And what about you personally? You on the Facebook or Instagram? You let people follow you? Absolutely. Raise Ski Dad. Raise Ski Dad. Check me out. All right, very good, Dave Raisin, co-show director of Team USA. Good luck to you guys, and uh, again, thank you so much for for being back on the show, man. Dude, it is nothing but a pleasure. Hope we can do it again. And
3: uh, this is—I said it last time. This is like a highlight of my career right here, is being on the Golden Mike Podcast.
0: Yeah, baby, we'll make it. This an annual thing. That's Dave Raisin, guys. I'm Daniel Man, and we'll be right back. Dig it. Oh yeah right now is the perfect time to upgrade that boat in your driveway why not make your boat just a little more special with roswell marine visit their website roswellmarine.com to check out their selection of towers tower accessories marine audio racks and everything else your boat needs roswell's motto is quality without compromise no matter what Right now, people deserve to feel good, and there's no better feeling than opening up a package from Roswell Marine and knowing it's gonna perform reliably from the moment you install it. Whatever you're looking for, be sure to use the dealer search function on their website to find the dealer closest to you. That website, again, is www.roswellmarine.com.
1: Presented by Sea deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano.
0: And we're back. And a big thank you to Bria, MT, and Dave Raisin for being on the show. And I'm so sorry, guys, that showski World Championships weren't able to take place this year. Please, you guys, if you want to find out more information, visit the websites and the social media that everybody talked about right there and support the 2022 team. It's no secret that the rest of the industry is currently in a holding pattern as far as events go, but that doesn't mean that all these events aren't posting great past content. If you guys want to know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Head on over to the wwa.com to find out more about wakeboarding and wake sports. usawaterski.org is another great place. And www.competitivewakesurfing.com for the CWSA. Stay up to date with all the latest news to find out When your favorite events are coming back and going to be back on the water. As for the events that I help put on and organize, it looks like Feet on Fire South and the Phi High Surf Series presented by Danny Harf and Nautiques of Orlando have been put on ice for the time being. And we're working tirelessly behind the scenes to try to make some version of Twin Lakes Cornfest happen. We're talking to our local officials, all the organizers coming together, sponsors and athletes to come up with the best solution for everyone. You can stay up to date on all developments at TLCornFest.com and on Instagram at tlcornfest. We'll be releasing any and all news and information there, and I'll also be announcing it right here on this podcast. As for me, I'm basically secluded here at the Boathouse Studio in Windermere uh, on the lake. It's kind of an island, and to be quite honest with you, for as, as much of a bummer as it is, this is the place that I love to be. I'm trying to stay as safe as possible, limit my contact with the outside world. It's a strange time now, my friends, but... I know we can make it through this together and we're all going to be back out on the water soon enough and we're all going to be back high-fiving each other hopefully sooner than we know. All right. I want to thank you all for listening and an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks so much to CDEC Marine Products, Active Water Sports, WSIA, Roswell Marine Products. Boulder Boats, Masterline, Centurion Boats, O'Brien, Leadwake, Slingshot, Conley, Radar, Ronix, Hyperlight, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shaba Savage on copy, Rich Walsh on the sound. Of course, my guests, one more time, MT, Michael Thornton, Bria MC, and Dave Raisin. That's it, that's all for me, folks. A reminder, follow me on Facebook, at the Golden Mike Podcast on Instagram at Dano T Mano. Message me there or at Golden Mike at Noise of the I want to hear from you. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the Noise of the North, Dana Mano, and you can hear me next time, once again, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.